I think for me, what motivates me the most is that it's actually a product that makes a difference. Hey everyone, my name is Chris and welcome to the Click Collective podcast, I Started a Business. This show is all about inspiring, encouraging and motivating e-commerce enthusiasts and entrepreneurs by sharing successful small business stories. Click Collective is the first co-working space built around the needs of an e-commerce community and we're home to some pretty cool brands. Each episode, we'll sit down with one of our members and chat about their journey, why they started, how they're going, their highs and lows and everything in between. In this episode, we sit down with Gabby Samkova, the founder of Summerside, who is on a mission to clean up our oceans with sustainable beach products. Hi, Gabby. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I'm very excited to talk to you about your business because I own some of your products already. Um, Let's start with the old faith we do every episode. Who are you and what do you do? So my name's Gabby and I'm the founder of Summerside and it's a sustainable brand or beach brand. Um, And I sell beach towels made from recycled plastic bottles um, and then also cooler bags, which are made from both sustainable and recycled materials. So each product saves about eight to 30 plastic bottles from landfill and oceans. Yeah. And how did you get to that point? Like what, what point for you was that this is what I want to do. This is how I want to try and clean up our oceans. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite an interesting one as I think with, with all ideas, they, they kind of just hit you. Uh, I think in this case it was quite literal. I, I lived in Bali for about a year and a half and I think, you know, Australia is quite clean. It's, it's not like you go outside and you see you know, plastic and rubbish everywhere on our streets, um, whereas you go to a third world country and you're exposed to it so much more. And I think I was just so shocked to see so much plastic and pollution in Indonesia. I mean, I remember going hiking and we hiked about 45 minutes to get to this rural waterfall. And there was just at the bottom, a Coke bottle just floating, you know, down the stream. So I felt like no matter where you went, there was just rubbish everywhere And um, I was a tour leader, so I'd go around a lot in Indonesia and I also took up surfing. Um, And I remember surfing and, you know, I've had plastic bottles, you know, plastic bags hit my foot. I've had a nappy, Mm -hmm. you know, touch me in the water, uh, especially during wet season. Anyone that's been to Bali will know. And I think, you know, for me, it just really was a point of, of thinking, you know, I really want to do something. Um, And then at the same time, as a separate idea, I sort of originally wanted to do a a travel towel that was nicely designed because I felt as though there was a lot of those blue, black, grey. We've all had one of them. (laughs) (laughs) We've all had one of them. Um, And I just thought, you know, that's, that's where the idea started. And I think at that point I remember sitting on my board in the water just being like, why can't I just put the two together? Yeah. And that's when I started to research materials and what options I've got. Yeah. And obviously that recycled aspect is such a major part of some side in the business. Have you always been conscious of your environmental footprint? I think uh, I think I, w- I always cared about the environment because I've, I've always loved, you know, animals and nature. I've, I've always been, you know, as a kid, just out and about and yep. – um, being outside and and so I've always cared about the environment. I just think 
uh, you know, you're a little bit more shielded in in Australia, and I think you know, obviously, I was I was younger as well, so I knew to put my recycling in in the recycling bin, um, but I wouldn't say I extensively yep. was was so much passionate about it until I saw that there was a threat, I guess, to to our natural ecosystem. You know, being being here in Australia, they're just you know, you're, you're fine. You can go in the ocean. You're, you're not really going to see much pollution. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, your towels are made from 85% post-consumer plastic bottles, uh, which is up to 14 bottles per towel. How do you innovate and offer greener products? Do you find it difficult to create new products that fit your sustainability model? Of course, that's that's always the balancing act. I think, you know, I've got a business mind as well and, and you do need to have something that consumer really wants. So, for example, if... I, if I did an 100% recycled towel, it would just repel water. So it wouldn't really be a towel and then no yeah. one would want it. So it's all well and good to say, you know, I want it to be 100%. Of course I do, but you'd still need people to buy so that it does make a difference. You do need to have like a good quality product. And, you know, there has to be other things, the other selling points to it as well, which, um, you know, the towels do. And I have expanded you know, now the I've got a waffle weave towel that has double the amount of plastic bottles. So it's more absorbent and it has double the amount. Yeah. So um, up to 30 plastic bottles yeah, for wow. those, for the premium, premium range. Uh, yeah, it's always, it's tricky. I mean, with the cooler bags, I went through the same thing, trying to to find manufacturers that wanted to, to do something different. Uh, it's not that, it's really not that easy. And of course, it's always going to cost a bit more. But I think I'm I'm totally happy to, you know, dip into the margin if if it's for sustainability. Yeah. Like I think it's it's around everything. Like the tags, you know, even the mailers I use, and any way that I can be sustainable, I'm I'm always going to try implement it. Yeah. When you are in that process of creating new products, do you kind of approach it where you kind of think of a product you want to approach and then figure out how to make it sustainable or is it the opposite way around? No, I definitely think of a product that I think works with the line as well. So I'm sort of going into, you know, beach, beach sort of products. And I look at something and I think, I guess, how can I make it better and how can I make it more sustainable? So there is always two, two parts to it. It's never just recreating a product and making it sustainable I want to make it better as well. Like, for example, the towels, you know, they're sand resistant. They've got a hidden zip pocket. Um, They're quick dry. You know, I've made the designs beautiful. We collaborate with artists and there's always that one step ahead. So that sustainability isn't just the key selling point. It's part of it, but there are other things. And same with the cooler bags. You know, I, I wanted a big cooler bag that can fit wine lengthways and beers up way and you know keep things cool and it's beautiful and yeah you know there's sort of always that those two aspects that I'm thinking of yeah how else do you keep your business sustainable so obviously the products mainly is such a core part of the business but is it with packaging eco-friendly packaging the delivery methods how else do you hit that goal I guess of sustainability yeah so I'll use you know, biodegradable mailing satchels. Um, so that's, you know, direct to consumer. And then, you know, even inside the boxes that I sell to, that I send to wholesalers, I mean, I put like craft recycle paper in there. Like yeah. there's no bubble wrap. I mean, they're towels and coolers, of course. Mm. But, you know, I, I think 
and I use any recycled box as well that I've received. So I think it's just always, always in the back of my mind to just keep reusing it because they all, especially all the other businesses and stockists that I have, they know the business and they don't really care if I send them, you know, a box that's been used before and has, I don't know, Kmart written on it or something. It's, it's fine. So, and then also the tags are made from recycled cardboard, um, the outer packaging of the towels are made from offcuts. So yeah. it's it's all just like reuse mm. as much as we can. Every little thing has... Every, every little thing. Yeah, literally everything. Um, and I guess in a place like Click, you've got so many businesses you can take cardboard boxes from. So I guess that helps you in that way as well. I have done that. Sarah knows I've uh, from K-Life. I've, I've come in and, and taken a few boxes. Yeah. Now, I do want to touch on Kickstarter. So, your beginning of your business adventure is a bit different to what we've had in the past. Um, you raise money via Kickstarter. Um, when did you think of using Kickstarter as a base model to start? So, for those that don't know Kickstarter, it's a crowdfunding platform that you know anyone can purchase um, products before they're made. So you're almost purchasing into the idea. You're not purchasing a part of the business, but you're just, you're just, um, I guess in some ways hoping that the idea comes to light and you, you know, and you want to help someone succeed in their idea. So I think it's interesting how things, how things sort of come. It was a, a long time ago, someone that I worked with had shown me Kickstarter. I'd never seen it before. And I, you know, he showed me and I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. Just, you know, everyday people coming up with an idea and they're trying to raise money for their idea, you know, without obviously going to the banks and and all of that. So I thought that was very cool. And that was years before this came about. And then I thought, how am I going to meet the minimum order like quantity? So... I mean, I was living in Bali. I was a tour leader. I was, you know, just some surfer kid, basically. <laughs> how, how was I going to do this? Yeah. Um, and I just, the green light just kind of went on. Like, why don't I just do a Kickstarter and yeah. just see if I can raise money that way? And so I sort of decided on that idea. And then I just had to you'd first go through like the sampling. Because I guess with Kickstarter, it's all about trust. Yeah. And so many things people pay for don't really happen. And mm. this is this is a big thing on Kickstarter. Very common, yeah. It's very common and people are a bit disheartened. And, you know, so you really got to build that trust. So I did invest as much money as I could to get a sample run done. So I could, you know, have like a finished prototype or a couple of them because I decided to go with a few different designs. And, yeah, and then I found a company there that could do a video for me. And I, we got a video made. If if you guys haven't seen it, it's um it's definitely hilarious. I think everyone in Click Collective has has seen it and <laughs> yep. and had a laugh in the back um, with me getting hit by plastic bottles in the face. <laughs> it's always good entertainment. Uh, yeah, and I I decided that that's what I was going to do, and it took me probably a couple of months to prepare for for everything. Yep. I had uh, jumped on a program as well that sort of uh, was a mentor program for it to see how we could be successful because the thing is it's all or nothing. You either reach your goal and that's you you receive all the funds or if you fall short you get nothing. Yep. So it it was a uh, it was a bit stressful and I came back home, I moved back to Australia and 
I did a, um, I guess, a launch party at my house and, you know, all my friends and family came. And to be honest, most of it was just the start of it. It was just everyone just supporting my idea that I knew. And then it was friends of friends and, you know, friends of friends of friends of friends, even some of my past tour groups as well. They purchased from around the world because they were from everywhere. And the thing is that Kickstarter works on a popularity algorithm. So if the platform picks up that you are trending, then it will push it to, I guess, you know, the public, the people that I don't know. Um, And I think given the idea and you know, how much people actually do care about the environment. A lot of people who didn't even purchase, they were sharing. And, you know, it was so interesting to see, you know, someone's brother's sister's cousin, you know, bought one. And um, it's happened that I've I've met someone and they've said, oh, my boyfriend bought your, your towels at the Kickstarter and I had no idea who yeah, she was. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I'm – it just it just happened that yep. way that it, it did so well and my goal was twenty thousand. Yeah. Um and the reason it was twenty thousand is because that was what I needed for the minimum order. Yeah. And so that that's I, I couldn't have done any less than that. And then, you know, I ended up raising uh almost thirty seven and a half grand. Yeah. And clearly there was so much support behind the idea that got you over the line because, yeah, you, as I said, your goal was 20000 you smashed it. It was 354 different backers to get it to, yeah, it said 37500 which is just insane. It was insane. I mean, even the, even the amount of countries, it was 37 countries that I that wow. I shipped to. Yeah. Like someone in Moldova bought, someone in Egypt. I yeah, mean, wow. it just went around the world, yep. which was which was amazing. It was such good exposure. Mm. And you said that the reason why you had it at 20,000, that was the minimum order quantity you said. Did you, once you hit that 20,000 and it just kept going, did you start creating different goals as to how much you were raising or did you start planning, I guess, differently because you would raise more than you expected? I think I was just so shocked, to be honest. In the first 24 hours, it already hit 10,000. Really? And it goes, wow. yeah, and it goes for 30 days. So... Obviously, it slows down once like your friends and family and everyone have, have bought. Yeah. Um, I I did just set, you know, I just decided I would do another uh, design or size. I did yep. like an extra large, which mm-hmm. I didn't have originally, which ended up being, it still is one of the best sellers. But I, I didn't really, I wasn't really sure what, what was going to happen. I was a bit worried about, you know, have I bit off too much? like more than I can chew mm. pretty much because like I said, what I was doing before, I mean, I have a little bit of um, work experience, but I didn't really know what I was in for. And then having to work out the logistics of how this is going to go to 37 countries yeah. and, and the price and everything. So yeah, I didn't, um, didn't foresee that sort of success at all. Yeah. And did you, you said that obviously a lot of your friends and family reshared it and that started that momentum going. Did you have any pre-campaign that, to drive traffic to the Kickstarter or was it more just sharing through friends and family? I felt like I did a bit of guerrilla marketing yeah. really. That's, that's, I mean, I, I felt I did that as, you know, like I said, I was just some, you know, kid in, in Bali and I'd mm. just been surfing and, you know, it's not it's not like I had a lot of money to spend on, yep. on marketing. Um, I've, any money I spent was just on that mentor program, which I think helped me a lot. And I really relied on that sort of friends and family 
you know, guerrilla kind of marketing to, to kick it off. And then I felt as though it was a good idea. Like I knew it was a good idea that if other people saw it and I mean, it wasn't expensive, um, to, to buy the first towel. I think, I think you could get one for 50 bucks or Mm. 45 even. So yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. And once you hit hit the 30 days and you hit that massive total, how did you keep the momentum going once you had actually launched the product? You got everything over. Actually, how how long from the 30 days that ended on Kickstarter to when you actually shipped the towel? What was that wait time like? Yeah, so I was pretty specific in, in my timeline. I'm I'm quite like a set person. So <laughs> okay. I made I made sure because I know how disappointed people can be with Kickstarter and they do ask like when are these going to be done? Yeah. So I'd already, I'd already purchased it during the campaign. So I think everyone pretty much had their towel. So I launched at the September 4th, I think it was, 2019. And then everyone had their towels by end of November, early December, if you were kind wow. of far away. Yeah, okay. Wow, so it's pretty quick. Yeah, for Christmas. I wanted everyone to have it for Christmas and yep. I'm so thankful. In fact, I delivered it ahead of time. Awesome. Yeah, wow. So as I said, how did you, once you'd launched and sent the first batch out, how did you keep the momentum going to sustain the business, I guess? You've done the Kickstarter and you've sold all these towels. You've got the idea out there. Is that when you started working more on that, I guess, e-commerce side of continuing the sales? I think I just sort of sat there for a moment and thought, you know, where to now? Um, I feel like maybe before I launched that you need to... I had this idea that you need to know everything and, you know, that was my fear of, of why I didn't go do it. And I think, you know, I pretty much just winged it. And then it came to, yeah, December and I thought, I've done this now, like what am I going to do? And I just thought, I'm not so sure how it came about, but I thought it'd be a really good thing to have in gift stores because I felt as though a lot of people had purchased as gifts and that's sort of like the trend that I saw or even from my friends and family and beach towels are a popular gift in Australia. So I got a few towels in my car. I got in my car and I just drove around uh, the city and I just pitched stores directly. Um, probably more so down, you know, I went Mornington way and, you know, the sort of like the other suburbs and I've, I managed to get into a few stores, I think, Right before Christmas, I had six or seven stores, which seems so small now. But at the time, I thought, I've made it. Yeah. But really, that's not that's <laughs> not really what happened. And, um, yeah, I think that – and so then it just kind of took its own its own path. And, and later on, I had then flown to Sydney with some of the money that I had left over. And I went and hired a car and pitched stores there. And, you know, I got a few more stores and yeah, I was I was on my way, and I, I realized that wholesale they were purchasing again, so they were repeat customers, and they were doing quite well. I still have uh, all the original stores, pretty much that I pitched. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you said you had six or seven. You thought I've made it. How <laughs> much have you grown since then with the wholesale side of things? Probably got around ninety stockers. Yeah, wow. I would have had more if it wasn't for you know the pandemic yep. forcing a lot of stores closed. Yeah. So I did lose lose a few there as well, which I'm unfortunate for them really. Um, I feel for all those yeah. stores. So yeah, on onwards and upwards, it's quite a big, quite a big jump. Yeah, of course. And as I said, with 
Kickstarter is quite common for goals not to be hit and yours is such a successful story but do you think you'd recommend kickstart or crowdfunding as a pathway for other small businesses i think kickstarter is very interesting because you see some businesses on there that they they sell you know like a million they raise a million dollars worth and then you never hear from them again or they've left with everyone's money so you hear a lot of there's a lot of success on Kickstarter and there isn't a success afterwards as a business and then you hear of other you know people doing it the other way around i think i think it is it is worth it if it is an idea that can be you know raised on Kickstarter i think the trickiest ones would be um anything technology based because you can run into a lot of manufacturing issues and and difficulties there and and it's hard to prove your your prototype i think look i think crowdfunding's amazing it was successful for me it does need to be a niche product it can't just be you know you've designed another another hoodie or or trackies so yeah, it's it's an interesting world on there. There's some really good ideas. Yeah. Now, talking about the business, um, obviously, you said it's designed around taking plastic out of the ocean and using them to create towels as a starting point. You've expanded to cools, as you mentioned, um, and you've recently teased an umbrella and you've also shown me a few other things. Um, these are all very beach-based. Clearly, that's a conscious choice. Yeah, I think... Uh just how the business has gone from the beginning it's just made its own path you know you know customers have come to me like I you know I would love ponchos like kids ponchos and Mm. and adults ponchos and then you know cool bags just seemed like a great extra because it is sort of beach and picnic Mm. it's just kind of taken its own its own trend like a lot of people bought like the extra large towels they use it as a picnic blanket so there's just so many things that I just went with whatever it was. I wasn't trying to say this is my business and this is how it's going to be. I've just gone with, you know, the brand identity that it's yeah. sort of It's all taken. happened naturally, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As being beach, I guess, themed, um, you realistically have your summer and warmer seasons is going to be your peak seasons um, and you have those up and downs. Is that something you prefer or has it just kind of happened and you just kind of go with the flow or how does that work with having those up and downs? Yeah, it's, it is a seasonal product. I think, you know, where I'm at now and, and seeing how big the season is, I, I do if it's it's just me at the moment and it does take time to design the whole range and go through multiple prototypes so although it feels like downtime like even now when spring is sort of the beginning of the season I feel as though I'm under the pump to get everything done especially with freight delays and and everything going on so when it's it's up and down but there are it's actually it it still sort of trickles through And you just have, if you just know you're a seasonal product, then you can you can plan accordingly. I mean, the next season comes around so quick. I mean, you go from you know spring to end of summer, six months, and then you have six months to prepare. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just the way it's just the way it is. Yeah, and I guess and what you said with people using your towels for picnics, for example, and you've got your cooler bags, which are perfect for that as well. So I guess that's the trickle of orders that you get through. Um, but yeah, you'd, I guess you'd just be planning for the next big season. Is that designs or new products or just getting the stock in ready to go? It's a bit of everything, um, 
designs do take time. I do work with a lot of artists as well and it, it can be, you know, tricky at times. They sort of run on their own own schedule and things can be late. So, you know, it's designs and it takes time. Sometimes I get it. I've, fin- I've finalized a design. I've printed a sample. It comes to me and it's like the wrong colors. And then we have to, you know, give another three or four weeks lead time. So you got to allow for that buffer space and it does take time to design a new product. I think I went through about four versions of the cool bags before I was yeah, wow. happy and satisfied with it. I am pretty picky though, to yeah. be fair. You, you kind of have to be, yeah. especially in a small business and, and having something that you want to be exactly what you need it to be. You've got to be picky. Yeah. And yeah, I like to work out all the, all the finer details. So that is important. There are new products on the way Mm. as, as you have mentioned. So uh, yes, a sustainable beach umbrella where hundred percent recycled plastic bottles on the the outside on the top and then um, other sustainable materials throughout. So it's always, uh, you always got to test it and there's always some fine tuning. So where I'm on my way, I'm on my way to get there. And then also um, ponchos as well as those are ones that I sort of pulled because we were in such a bad lockdown again, you know, last year during right before peak season. So I pulled the pin on those. And, so and those have been year. in the work for a while. Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, I had a sample done and, you know, I kind of just parked it as soon as I realized New South Wales, which had yeah. 60 stockists they, yeah, wow. you know they were in my biggest state went into a lockdown and we didn't know when we we're going to come out of it so I just had to make a decision and just go with cooler bags so I felt as though nicer to have a um I guess a more complimentary product rather than yeah you know ponchos people usually go ponchos or towels so yeah, yeah this year this year we'll We'll have it out and you looked really good in yours by thank the way you. Chris thank you no I did try one on this morning one thing with your towels as well and designs, you've been very vocal about working with local Indigenous artists. Um, has that been important to your business from the beginning? I just love, I just love like cultural art, and I think Indigenous art it's so it's so beautiful. I wouldn't say I had a a massive obsession with it beforehand. I think I just look at something. I just love design. I just yeah. love you know particular patterns and different textures and like I've always been interested in design and fashion and and all these things so I yeah I saw Zach's work who's the first one saltwater dream time I saw his work on on Instagram and I thought oh my gosh this will look amazing on a towel Mm. um and yeah he was just so cool he was a surfer guy as well so we just got on really well and and then for the next season the one just gone I got uh Natalie Jade which is a She's quite, she's quite famous, um, contemporary indigenous artist. And then this year there, there will be another one as well. I just think it's great to support them and, you know, it means they make money throughout and yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's a great thing and the art is beautiful. Like why not just mm. pr- promote it? And I'm in a lot of, you know, boutique and boutique stores around the country and, you know, that's also popular for travel when, you know, obviously we have tourists, um, mm. back as per normal, but I, I think as well, it promotes Australia. Yeah. And the designs are stunning. Like I've bought myself a towel and I've got both my parents' towels, each of the indigenous designs, and they are incredible. So um, now you've mentioned new products, new designs. What other goals have you got for the future for yourself and Summerside? 
I think my goal's always just been to learn as I go. Mm. I I think as I like to be challenged and I've definitely been challenged, you know, every season as it's grown. It's gone from you know, it's a small amount to triple and then again triple. So my goal is always to to learn and keep, you know, bringing out products that actually make a difference and also that people love and can enjoy that are high quality and obviously don't go to landfill. And I think a goal, a goal for Summerside, I guess we're sort of one, a Summerside is me, um, would be to continue to expand um, on more products. I'd like to expand to or wholesale particularly, so B2B in other countries. I think I would love to get into the, the US market and, and Europe as well at some point. Um, that would be, yeah, I think that's that's where I'm thinking. I think B2B is a, is a big expansion point for me. And, I, you know, I think this year I'm going to focus on Australia, but then the next year I will... Yeah. I will give it a go. Yeah, cool. And do you have a quote or something that keeps you motivated? Obviously, the sustainability is such a large part. Is that your main drive to keep doing what you're doing? Oh, 100%. I think, you know, whenever there's there's a hard period and, you know, every small business owner knows it's mm. not sunshine and, and rainbows. Ooh, no, it's not. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of setbacks and a lot of difficulties. And I, I think for me, what motivates me the most is that, it's actually a product that makes a difference. And, you know, I've probably saved over 100,000 plastic bottles from, from landfill and oceans. Yeah. So, you know, for me, that's sort of that, that main driver. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you get back to your busy day. I'm sure I've taken you away from your business for long enough. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Chris. Cool. Want to know more about where Gabby runs her business? Click Collective is a warehousing and co-working space built around the needs of an e-commerce community. On site, we have spaces for your warehouse, office, showroom, logistics, and a photography space. So we're a one-stop shop to run your business. You can head to our website to know more at clickcollective.com.au or check out our Instagram at clickcollective. 